0: That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: The Matchball. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you with Levi Solicitors. 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball hello I'm Dan Moylan usual two with me Michael Normanson hi Moscow White Daniel Chapman hello feelings after that one then nice solid win and we are almost definitely safe now
2: oh I don't know I don't know Fulham could go on their best ever Premier League run
3: don't worry about Fulham Fulham are creeping up they're in good form Ooh. West still got West
2: Brom to play as well relegation six pointer now we're fine aren't we Yeah, we are now, what's that? 13
1: points clear with 10 games to go, which would involve a... Only
2: only nine games to go. Uh, Eight games to go. Eight, Eight, sorry, yeah. I don't know, not many games
1: to go anyway. But that
3: just means that beating Paul Heckingbottom Sheffield United is so much more important now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's fine.
1: Relax again. It is, yeah, it is genuinely time to relax, I think, because what's that? Yeah, 13 points clear. They've got 24 left to play for. They're not going to do it. That's a five-game swing over eight. Not going to happen. And I
3: think now, and the rest of the season, just... Do what they want on corners. Free swim. Don't matter, does it? <laughs> well, some of the games we've got coming up in April, you might not want to say that just yet. But uh yeah, let's let's pick
1: over the bones of that one. It was all right, wasn't it, in the end? Um I think we were on balance the better side. What do you think? What do you think?
3: We definitely were the better side. Yeah, th- we're talking about on balance. It's a seesaw with a massive fucking ten-ton weight on one end and Scott Parker on the other.
1: <laughs> I mean, at the root of this is the fact that they're not very good. No, the root of this is that Leeds United are fucking brilliant. Yeah, that as well. The other side of that seesaw. Yeah, they're, they're genuinely not very good. You know, and when you get to the end of that, we had chances to score a few more. They had their moments. One or two little um, exciting, thrilling moments that we uh, endured as
2: Leeds fans watching our defence ac- uh, in action sometimes. They were the XG winners, just uh, look, 2.06 to 1.31. But what XG doesn't take account of is Elan Melier. He was fantastic tonight, wasn't he?
1: Keep up. If only to hear his voice, it was probably worth turning the crowd noise off just to hear A. B. Else's shouts, but B,
3: uh, Melier's voice. I would have liked a replay of that last touch of the game because I want to see it again. Did he really chest the ball down in the 95th minute? He
1: was going to do that thing of running the clock down, wasn't he? Which is ridiculous. I mean, the level of cool is ridiculous, not what he was trying to do. If I had
3: 1% of Ilan Melier's confidence... I think I'd be a dangerous person. (laughs) It's extraordinary, and the saves he made—the two in the first half, the the one in particular—and I've said I feel like I say this in every match ball, he makes about one save per game where he just got match-winning saves. That's but not just match-winning saves. Like the second one where he got down to push it round the post was a he caught out match-winning save. That was a very good save. But the one before that, where what's his face span and smacked it straight at him. And his arm was that strong that it bounced behind him and didn't get when he got the look he didn't get against Wolves. But what, what a save!
1: I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure Scott Parker will say they did enough to take something from that based on those chances. But it felt like a lot of that was self inflicted through maybe the odd bit of poor decision making. Where, for example, Alioski tried to was it prevent a throw in at one point, and it. But
2: well, that's what they ultimately scored from it because he was trying to prevent a throw in ended up spinning around, giving them a corner. The first corner led to another, and then they scored. Mm. So, Alioski, he had he had one tonight, didn't he?
3: In the first half, second half, I think the only things I remember him doing wrong was that volley, and that was funny. From, <laughs> from the corner, where he didn't even try to shoot by the time he got there, he just tried to batter it into the Thames and then turned around and blamed the ref for getting in his way. But he wasn't really... The first half, he was all over the fucking place. Second half, it was like somebody put 50p back in his meter and said, no, come on, gave him be his a r- football, Gave him his Ritalin. <laughs> but the first, yeah, the first half, he was ridiculous. But still, whatever. <laughs>
2: we're prob- we're, in truth, we're, we're probably watching his final games, aren't we? So, And now there's nothing riding on him. We can maybe start to appreciate what he does do, which is mainly funny. Occasionally, occasionally terrifying. Leave them laughing, but yeah, I guess a sign today probably that we need to we do need a proper left back and a better left back for next season. And well, I'm sure we're going to get one. Yeah,
1: those are the next steps, aren't they? It's it's the obvious next steps as well. I think If Lesson. only
3: it might become because the uh, Jackie Harrison deal still needs to be done permanently from Manchester City, and I wonder if part of his uh, his personal terms may be like, right, have you got if you got anybody in mind to play left back? Well. Yes, Jackie. We're going to play you with the uh, Jani Alioski for the next five years, right? <laughs> I've had a, I've had a few
1: offers from somewhere else, actually. Let's talk about Harrison. Um, I thought a much improved performance tonight, more like Jackie Harradonna after a couple of uh, not so good ones.
2: I mean, actually, we've we've slagged off Alioski, but he played a part in the goal, didn't he? The first one because he took the throw in. Harrison took the cross on. He let it bounce once, didn't he? Let half volleyed it into the box.
1: I mean, God love him. I love I love Janny, but he is a liability a lot of the time
3: and his decision-making ain't great. But, you know, it doesn't mean we don't love him. Does that goal, though, count as a set piece? Because it looks rehearsed and Janny remembered his lines. It's so all rehearsed, line. though, isn't it? Those Everything scripted we do. movements and scripted patterns.
1: Movements. That's, that's what Scott Parker says. Scotty Scott, Parker will say, yeah, yeah.
3: But it was uh, Jackie, good, yeah. Jackie Arredon. Jackie, you know, I mean, sometimes, I don't know if we overreact a little bit to dips in form. He's been good for a long time. He had a few games where he wasn't so good. So how Costa played fine, and now Jackie's come back. And now the Costa wasn't bad in the second half against Chelsea. So it's actually quite interesting that I was really going, going to say.
2: I was were going to say wasn't bad in the second half. I was going to think I don't remember him coming. In. Like, what?
3: What, was, <laughs> what was I watching? No, no, it was it was <laughs> okay, ninety good. minutes of pure Jackie, which meant we got to see in the second half where he skinned those two in the corner and crossed, and that no, because he ran in and shot from that, didn't he? When yes, he, he did. Uh, when he, he could have pulled it back, but. Why not shoot?
1: Quick word on the first half, then, and the way that you thought it was going in that first half. We were good for sort of 30, 35 minutes, and it started to get a little bit looser that game, didn't it? It started to open up.
2: It seemed to begin with they couldn't cope with our pressing, and then I don't know we 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 struggled when they got near our goal was what it seemed to happen. Strike had a a bit of a sloppy game. I thought he did a few. I don't know a few a few. Bad headers back to... He did one back to Melier. He did that very early one when him and Alioski both for the same ball. There was one where he tried to pass it out and it got intercepted and gave them a chance. It it felt like he was not as good as he has been, which cost us a few times.
3: I think he's getting used to Diego Llorente, who I really like and I thought was really good tonight. But you keep seeing Llorente in Fulham's half (laughs) in ways that you don't see Liam Cooper in the opposition's half. And I'm wondering if it's leaving, um, Stroik a little bit more to do than when he has Cooper next to him. Cooper, maybe as the captain, the senior professional, takes a little bit more of a, and also he doesn't play in the other team's half. Generally, it's not his game, but likes to like, right, no, I've got, I'll look after the, the kid. Whereas Yorentes, it's like, well, hey, I'm, I'm off up there, try to score a few goals. And then, um, and a lot of the, uh, the chaos, if we do then let them pass the press, it's, I mean, our game is then to run back and get everybody into position as fast as possible. And if the movement from Fulham is good enough, then it means our players are kind of, it is a bit um, keystone cops. Everybody can be running, trying to find their man as quickly as possible. And um, and yeah, you, I'd need to watch it back to really confirm this. But my, my feeling is that a lot of our players, Urenti included, spending more time sort of running back to save things rather than Liam Cooper being there and kind of having things go wrong in front of him and being able to, solve them that way wild isn't it Absolutely. yes I mean it's fun and it do, it did get into that And in the we were much better than them in the first half but then it was after they'd equalised the last 15 minutes did just seem players just running at each other falling over kicking the ball in every direction hoofing it all over the place nobody really knowing what they're doing Melier coming out with the saves it was all um, it was all a bit fraught it is still the
2: case, though, that their best chances... Did they all come from set pieces? I'm trying to think if there was anything they carved out in open play. Was that the first save from Melier, was that from a set piece? Um, it was certainly from a ball bouncing it, around in the box.
3: It, yeah, I think it ultimately came from a corner, from memory. I think um, maybe we need to start changing the statistics because you know how like, expected goals now can exclude penalty kicks and you add it all together. So, so you know, Do it that how many goals we concede from open play as a separate statistic. And instead of using it as a negative to say how many goals we concede from set pieces, which is a, a very big number, I accept now. But spinning on the centre, say, well, we don't, we don't concede that money from open play, do we? What's the open play xG? There we go. That's what I want to know now. What about that? anything f- to make us look good?
1: That first twenty minutes, I was going to say we had the ball in the net twice before uh, before we were in uh, in front, didn't we? That uh, VAR offside goal. Do we want to even get? Caught up on talking about that because the, the the problem with VAR is obvious. It sucked all the joy out of it because we didn't celebrate, did we? You kind of like, oh we oh we celebrated and then
3: I had to you two were fucking jumping around the room. Dial it <laughs> all back in,
1: but then you saw the replay. I went, he's going to give that offside, and because th- well, really he was offside. Yeah, there seemed to be more annoyance on Twitter about it than I was. I was like, yeah, that's fine, that's offside, but it was it was only just because he was leaning forward, but he was still trying to stay onside, which but is a bit maddening.
3: The problem with that one was not necessarily VAR. It's the rule about waiting to see what happens and then letting VAR decide. If when Tyler Roberts went for that ball, the liner would just put the flag right in the air and said, that's offside, You would have gone, oh yeah. And then you see the re- replay and you go, oh yeah, I suppose he's, he's put his arm forward. I don't really see why an arm should be offside. So that's a separate discussion. But th- that's the reason. If it had just been ruled out then, not a problem. But then because you've got Luke Ayling put the header in and the hairs out and everything else is going on, that's when it becomes annoying. So just get back to if the lino thinks it's offside, give it offside and make the rules easy enough that they can tell in real time so that they're not being ruled out because they were... Because the flip side of that, the risk that you don't get because they don't put the flag up is that you review it and then you realise that they were onside by the width of a pube. And then, oh no, if this goal has been unfairly ruled out and well, they never got the chance to put the ball in the net and blah, blah, blah. So they go the other way where they say, well, don't put your flag up and then then we'll decide it's offside by the width of a pube. It so, seems
2: like with this one, at least... You could tell with the naked eye that his upper body was offside and didn't require lines being drawn. And there was no debate they around drew about the shirt line and stuff, though. They, they, they just drew the big lines, though. They didn't mm-hmm. go with the, the sort of downward dotted lines. When they start with that shit, that's when you really start thinking,
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll just stop this. That's one of the things that we found out after we went off air, I think on a match ball a couple of weeks ago or in the last week, whenever it was, we got pissed off about VAR. They actually do measure it to the pixel. It's one pixel width lines. The wide ones that you see on telly are only there for the benefit of telly. Um, they actually measure it using one-pixel lines
3: at Stockley yeah. Park. And, you know, done this to death, I, I think if it can't be seen in real time with the naked eye or maybe with a replay. Give them a really good replay and a, or a time limit. You've got 10 seconds to rule this goal out. If you can't tell, within 10 seconds, goal. And Rafinha's goal, narrowly offside that as was, well.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we've been cheated there. We should have got VAR onto that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that... Did the, did the flag up immediately on that?
3: Yes, yeah, they did. They stopped it did. So. I mean, he,
2: he was about five yards offside yeah,
3: But Still. I would, I would be much happier in, in that world, but it, we do keep talking about it because that's one per game for us now, two for Tyler in the last two, and then he was the one who, he'd had it spoiled for him by others twice, and then this time it was his turn to ruin it for somebody else by leaning oh, leaning a little bit.
2: On the goal we did score, we never even gave Bamford any credit, did we? We just well, talked about the build Well, we haven't actually talked about
1: the goal yet, have we? We've just mentioned the throw-in. The throw-in, the cross good finish it was a great finish he just because he moved from behind his man came in front of him put it in he's deadly didn't he Twatted Why it Ireland's Patrick Bamford
3: uh, well done Paddy there was no need to hit the ball that hard I think there was a, an element of he could see Southgate's little like a, a pig in a waistcoat behind the goal <laughs> and trying to kick get. his teeth off exactly
1: <laughs> but it was it was a good finish it was a nice move and I thought it was well deserved at that point not about you
2: yeah we were definitely on top the, we were the better team throughout the game They didn't. they didn't really have much I mean we've taken the piss of Scott Parker a bit there but what did they, what are they actually trying to do just his plan at half time was basically they're shit to set pieces I'm going to bring someone big on and then when he got halfway through the second half and that hadn't worked he just brought someone else big on
1: yeah kept putting big players on in a bit he's a shit out a penalty or something
2: I know he wears unusual clothes which makes him differentiating from Warnock or someone but
3: what 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 was he wearing there there was a lot tonight because it was the shirt, the tie, the tie clip, then it was like, you can't tell if it was a body warmer or a gilet. Or...
1: Well, I was looking around the sleeves to see if the arms were padded again, like the Michelin man outfit he had on. It did, so maybe it was a gilet.
2: I think it was a, I thought it was one of those lightweight sort of down jackets. Like the so you go
3: walking in? Yeah. I it think was, it was one of those wand it and it's something though, And then a blazer over the top. And I mean, it's, it's, or is it? It's March. So it's not that cold now. And. He, he put so much effort... By the Thames, though, Moscow, drafting. Okay, but he put so much effort into the the hair, the shirt, the tie clips there, the blazer tonight was all right. It wasn't a bladder again. It was just a fairly standard blazer, but then ruins it with this body warmer, and you've got to go with a base layer. Put thermals on underneath all that. I have a thumb on too. And then make the... Well, I mean, how did he get through a game in winter if he
2: Spontaneously was... Spontaneously combust on
3: the... <laughs> <but> just... <laughs> Put, put all the warm layers underneath, like yeah. even double up on the thermals if you have to, and then present the nice suit, tie, tie clip exterior. And he was ruining it as well because he's, you know, he's a good looking fella and his hair's perfect and it's all fine. And there's nothing wrong. Like, I don't want to sound like some old person saying, got people chewing gum on television to disgrace, but he's he's gone to all the effort of making himself look good, ruined it with this body warmer. And then he's doing gone full Sam Allardyce with a big, Got a chuddy in his mouth. You have just reminded me of when I used to sit in the
2: in the family stand, and there was a bloke who occasionally would wear like an Asics bench coat with a goalkeeper shirt. You know the one with the the sort of rainbow triangles on, with the goalkeeper shirt pulled over the top of his coat. <laughs> I mean, that's not all right, is it?
3: No. But as a Scott
2: Parker, stop licking your lips as well. It's fucking awful.
3: There was that moment in the uh, second half where they did a big close up on his face, and it he looked as if he just lost heart, like he just had a thought, as if he got oh, we're going to get relegated here. His eyes just dropped and he sort of looked at the floor. He wasn't looking at the game. It's like he was just thinking, we're done. And if that's all he's got is bring on some big lads. And it's been the sort of the story with um, Scott Parker ever since he's gone there is why can't he, he get more out of these very good Fulham players? Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who he brought on, 10 England caps, 10 England caps coming off the bench. We've got Joffy Gelhardt. You know, Leif Davis, I think is injured, so wasn't there. He has had
2: a free pass as Parker, more or less, because I know he took over a bad situation when he was in the Premier League with Fulham, but he did take them down and he did have enough games to turn it around. And then he limped out of the championship
3: and now he's limping back down to it. Mitrovic, if you're bringing Mitrovic and Loftus-Cheek off the bench, if we were doing that, you know, I wouldn't want Mitrovic to replace Bamford. But he'd probably score more goals. He wouldn't do the the running that Bamford does. He wouldn't do the work. But for just smacking the ball in the net, you can't do much better than Mitrovic. And Loftus-Cheek would fit into our... I'm sure we could accommodate an England international when just to give Stuart Dallas a fucking five minutes with his feet up. And then he's bringing them off the bench and making them worse because we got better in the second half. He's a fucking fraud. Throw him in the river.
0: Only at Sleep Number Stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: Into the second half of the podcast now and we've heard from Scott Parker, who has conceded that the best team won. (laughs)
3: Well, he's not wrong. That's one thing he's got right this evening. You can't dress himself (laughs) so you can see a good football team. Oh, dear me. Um,
1: Sky's narrative as well, saying that Fulham were a bit hard done, by which to a a certain extent they were because they did have some glaring chances, but it felt like we we gave them them rather than they, they earned them or am I being
2: myopic there when it comes to leads? I mean, chances from set pieces against us it shouldn't count. It's not fair,
3: is it? Yeah, I want to know about goals. Chances against us in open play. I'm not interested in anything else anymore.
2: I mean, I can see from the, the chart, I can see the dots on it and the first Melier save was 45%. The goal was 48%. So that's that's basically one goal is there from set... And Cavaliero in injury time, that one where he went just past him, that was 34%. So like... That's already 1.3 of their goals have been from set pieces. I'm not adding up the little ones, but that's all of them really. Whereas ours were created with football. Yeah,
1: their goal was was frustrating, wasn't it? Very frustrating affair.
2: Moscow told me there was no problem with set
3: pieces the other week. Well, he
1: conceded earlier on. Let's be fair to the man he conceded earlier on that there is now a problem. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's actually opened his eyes to the evidence, the clown.
3: We do seem to concede quite a few of them, don't we? I've not really uh, really (laughs) considered it before. How do we fix it? Um I don't know. is getting better isn't he but he needs to he's going to give away a lot of penalties is the man because he get your hands off them that's the, what well, he started in his first match of just staring at the ground sort of next to their <laughs> feet now he's looking at them but he's also pouring them like a kitten putting its paws in soup and it's just and they end up dragging each other all over the place and it's going to end up with a dickhead striker taking a dive on the floor and Llorente we'll see that happen and then sort of go flying and try to claim that he's been fouled and it'll be a penalty. Him and Anguise looked like they were
2: dancing at one point though it was quite nice. It was quite, a, it was quite a romantic scene in the box as they were like they had, they had hold of each other's arms and were doing that kind of flailing around thing.
3: Tango nice. by the Thames. Beautiful. I mean, Luke Ayling tried to get a hold of what's-his-face who kicked it in but he just, it wasn't enough. He was wrestling rather than kicking the ball and, and into the net it went which was not where we wanted it to go. Correct. We wanted it to go in the other net, didn't we? Yeah, which it did in the second half, so it, that was good. It
1: did, and huge credit to Rafini for the feet. Nice through ball as well. Was that Paddy who did the through ball? It was, wasn't it? It was. I mean, we can't just
3: dismiss those feet like that.
1: A beautiful Well, switching it from his left to his right. I thought when he took that first touch and it went across to his right after after the initial like left touch, I thought he'd gone too far the wrong way, but I know nothing. Do you remember Darren Huckerby?
3: Yes, vividly. Just picture the two players in the same situation the through ball you're running through players closing in from each side goal kick Huckabee he tries to touch it with one foot goal kick Rafinha he put his studs on top of that ball and just rolled it over onto his other foot and then put the ball in and he did it all so quickly I think it's because
2: it went in at the keepers near post but I think it happened in such a flash that he was surprised as we were because I didn't quite understand how he'd scored when he went through because
1: well, he did it in line with the defender as well the defender was between us and the goal wasn't he so uh, it's hard to initially make out for that half second god
2: he's good though I mean he, he didn't actually have one of his best games today I thought he was in and out of it but then he does something like that and you think well yeah he wasn't really enough.
3: involved in the the first half apart from sort of withering stares at people and um but then yeah that was that was exceptional and there was some other um good bits as well we had uh yeah we did some other good stuff <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't see any reason why I should have to quantify that claim
1: but he did have a chance not, you all saw it no, he, had a, he had a chance not long after when he started to get the he got the blinkers
2: on didn't he when it came to shooting but you you understood why because he was uh, he was in the mood for it Yeah, and Dallas put one I think it was him who played into Dallas when he put shot narrowly was, wide
3: uh, yes it was yes and it was a good pass across it was after um, Tyler Roberts gone up front I was thinking of the one when uh, Tyler Roberts played in Dallas and he crossed to the back post it was too, too far for him
1: should, Bamford. Um, should Stewie have passed that or do you think he was
2: right to take the shot on? Nah, shoot. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> it's there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. There to be shot at.
3: When and he, you, your shot ends up like two inches wide. That's fair. You should have shot. You did the right thing. Just two inches the l- wrong way. A
1: little bit more than two inches, but mm. you know, who's getting the measuring tape out? Mind you, VAR do, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Not for that
3: kind of thing. <laughs> Just to flash it up on the screen. You missed by two and a half inches. You lose. Uh, yeah, some really good performances then. Let's go and pick some heroes and
1: villains and tell me who you thought stood out. Phillips, again, brilliant, wasn't he? Yeah.
3: yeah. The, him and Dallas in midfield did a lot of work against uh, Nobed's Harrison Reed, why wasn't he... Was he booked in the end? I don't think he was. No. He was subbed off before he got booked. He was hauled off. Never mind subbed.
2: In, in, in com- the direct comparison as well is in the first half, we were breaking and trying to take a throw in. Harrison Reed picked the ball up, ran away with it. When we asked it back, he dropped it on the floor and kicked it away. Referee absolutely fine with that. When Calvin Phillips did about a third of that in injury time, straight away with the yellow card. Mm, and time. Harrison Reed, he also booted Alyosky just as the ball was going out of play, which the linesman was stood right next to and didn't didn't call anything on.
3: And that was after him and Tyler Roberts were kind of going at each other all night as well. But then Bamford was the one who got the yellow card for not much at all. He kind of shoved some. It was like a late tackle. And he, Kick somebody over. Yeah, it, it was wasn't it a big was, deal. It, it
1: was mistimed rather than cynical, wasn't it? I think. Um, yeah. I think but that all... somehow
3: that's a yellow card. But then Harrison Reed can just go around stomping on Tyler Roberts all night. And who did the um, the tackle on Rafinha? That was Reed, wasn't it? Was it Reed? No, it wasn't Reed. It was some other fella, somebody in a Fulham shirt who banged the studs down on the top of uh, Rafinha's ankle. Which the that...
2: referee didn't even give a free kick for. Coot. Yeah, ball had already gone, though, hadn't it?
1: That somebody point, missed
3: an N out of his name. Cootin Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Used to keep a uh, goal for Watford and Man City.
1: <laughs> so, yes, Tony Cooten. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, star performers then, heroes, villains, and all that.
2: Millier, for me, I think he was probably our man of the match, just for the, the two saves that he did and for the lovely shouts. And
1: Roberts as well, your your
2: boy, Roberts,
1: you love um, him?
3: Another good night. Yeah. yeah, working really hard and playing really well, possession fine, passing fine, made chances, hit uh, the, the cross. Luke Ayling's goal was excellent offside by an inch but then people have done that to him twice in the last couple of games so you can't really hold that against him looks fine and you know if Rodrigo's had his setback and now Bamford's um, mortally wounded he gets to play two positions next game nice one well we heard a lot of uh, I guess it's because Craven Cottage is such a tiny little piss hole that the uh, microphones pick up absolutely everything so we've got a lot of Bielsa tonight and I would not be surprised if you you know, if he could, he would play Tyler Roberts in two positions and then just shout at him for 90 minutes.
2: I said that during the game, and I said, It sounds like a living fucking nightmare having Bielsa just yelling at you in Please. the like la- And she have been running around solidly for 90 minutes. And Please you stop. You just can't have a second, can you?
3: Because he's made us dead good. So you can't look at any of those players in like the 85th minute and say, They've not been trying. <laughs> and so when Bielsa's yelling at them for more, it's. It's a lot and it is it's always impressive and you can kinda I mean this is getting deep into the other side like that, that whole burnout debate, it's not necessarily burnout. Players just get sick of that. And you can understand players get sick of players get sick of Sam Allardyce just existing and bored of hearing. That's the old cliche, isn't it? The bored of hearing the same things said by the same managers. It's why scum Ferguson used to bring in different assistants all the time to freshen things up while he just sat in his office and collected his money.
1: <laughs> That's what he did for 20 years, you're right. Absolutely. That's an absolutely
3: spot on assessment. Yeah, a complete monster. fraud. Occasionally, okay, just Come down, <laughs> throw a hairdryer in the face and then go away again. Brilliant. But none of our players are showing any sign. I don't think one of them's about to snap and go to said, No, you fucking give more. I think, I think the thing with that is that a lot of them have got something to prove. The pr-
1: a lot of the promotion squad do. And then that's why they're very carefully screening the players who are going to come in because it's not going to be for everyone, is it? If you, Particularly if you've got, say, Bielsa going into a club like Marseille or be it Bilbao or whatever, uh, players who are at the top of their game or they're near the top of their game and certainly in the upper reaches of that division in terms of quality, not all of them are going to want to subscribe to that system, are they? Whereas these players have all kind of come through with it, so, I mean, which is why recruitment's that, got to be really careful.
3: Even Samuel Saiz wasn't into it and he was hardly a top-class European international so and you can kind of, now we have now we can hear more through the microphones. You can kind of put yourself in Samu's shoes and think how you just go like, yeah, fuck this.
1: Uh, and Rafinha as well. Uh while he didn't have his best game, he's got ace feet. Best goal. That should always be rewarded. Um any villains then? Are we going for V A R again, the ref?
2: Yeah, VAR and Coolum. Yeah, they also missed two foul throws from Fulham mm. players with actually proper like schoolboy back leg flailing up in the air, jumping when they're taking him.
3: Ridiculous. I think that's it. When you get a referee like that who is very picky about certain things, be picky about everything or nothing. You can't have a referee that pedantic not giving foul throws.
1: Yeah, I don't think he was that necessarily that bad. It's just the inconsistency, I think, that frustrates people.
3: And that's a level of inconsistency where they'll book Bamford for fuck all, but they won't give a foul throw, which is also essentially fuck all.
1: Go to VAR for your foul throws. Um, So we finally won in London. So that one has been dealt with.
2: That's nice, isn't it? We, we should probably have looked how many of the same players were on the pitch, but
3: it's too late. We'll do that in a week. Stuart Dallas, I think, is the one, isn't he? He's been there uh, since he came from Brentford. It's like he, he brought this curse with him, but we're all fine now. It's there is now. no curse. That's
1: what one thing I think that's been nice about this season is that we're putting a few of these, uh, well, we're exercising a few of these ghosts like this London who would finally put it to bed, all right, f- at the final attempt, but to sort that one out and then like, To teach ourselves as well that these little runs of bad form, they're not terminal, you know, it's not terminal decline, is it? We're we're fine, we've always got to win in the tank because we're a good team. I think it's just we're all starting to pull back from the cliff edge in terms of that and and eventually those
2: nerves. You play a bad team as well, because Chelsea are a good team and therefore it's harder to win. But eventually you play Fulham and you play Sheffield United and you play West Brom again. And you just you just beat those teams. But then you look
1: but you look at West Brom, you look at Fulham. And it's not the same for them because most teams are better than them, so they're playing good teams all the time. Whereas we've been made a good team, like overnight by
3: Bielsa. So huge credit to him. And we beat well, we drew with Chelsea and we beat Leicester. And they're both teams that should be much better than us. Beat Liverpool. Beat beat Liverpool on the opening day. Obviously, (laughs) Liverpool as we now have seen since they're not what they were, but they had Van Dyke at that point and we stuck three. They didn't have the
2: fans in? (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't count
3: well that's that's something we'll have to deal with next season won't we? we can save that win up but um, yeah we are good. I mean you know it is kind of nice that we've got through not only the London thing but also the look Fulham are not catching us thing I think that's quite handy as well we can now there's 90 minutes of uh, of evidence there that we're fucking loads better than them and they are not going to overtake us we I know big bold prediction here we will finish above Fulham this year <laughs>
2: Which is all we need to do at this stage, isn't it? Uh, we're still 250 to 1 for relegation. That'll no doubt be updated. I expect it to go to more like 400 to the 1 after will probably
3: that. shift when you're putting your house on it later.
2: <laughs> Even I am willing to say we are not going down.
1: No, thank goodness you haven't backed us to go down this season or anything like that. Thank goodness. Right, thanks for uh, checking us out this time. We will catch you at the start of the next week. And remember, if you're a TSB Plus subscriber... Um, give us feedback on what you've um you've heard today on the match ball. What do we get right? What do we get wrong? What should we talk about in the new propaganda show that we've broken off from the main show, which will be released at the start of next week. So check your emails for that.
3: Link and password. We're in fr- today's Friday's
1: email. And more angry cockneys coming up. Brilliant, isn't it? Uh, th- to be fair though, they don't get very angry in full They're a bit
2: too posh. They are quite nice. Angry actually, tourists.
1: <laughs> right, we'll catch you next time. See you in a bit. Bye-bye.
2: The Match Ball.